previously on the surplus population. I feel like a cheesecloth. Like, I don't feel like a person. This does definitely not exist. This goes against science. Or... They got a Nobel Prize for it, so I guess, you know, they figured something out. You could be hallucinating the microphone. That familiar what the hell did you just say? That, doesn't, that, this, I... like, de- doesn't this, like, devalue, like, the entire human experience? Like, the entire yes. human history? Like, it could all just be yes. nothing. Yes. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the second episode of The Surplus Population. I'm Thomas Long, my co-host is Jane Simone Hawkins, and this podcast is all about sustaining a conversation on a single topic. Today's episode is The Problem with Average, so without further ado, here we go. Hey Simone, how many testicles are there per person? What? How many testicles are there per person on the planet? Per person, okay. So, you're asking for an average. Mm-hmm, yep, Exactly. For uh, all the people yep. on the planet? Yeah, everyone on the planet. All genders? Yes, everyone. Okay. I, I guess it'd be one? <laughs> yep, about one. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's kind of a silly question. It's somewhat of a joke that you hear online sometimes. But the idea is that we usually think of average as being representative of the population. But when you have these two distinct populations, it, the average is not representative of anyone, pretty much. Almost no one has one testicle. Uh, I'm, I'm sure there's some. Well, it's, oh, okay, there. okay. The huge bulk but of humanity. But yes, I know what you're saying. Yeah. I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The huge bulk of humanity doesn't. And there are these two very distinct groups that are biological males and biological females, each who have two and zero, respectively. And that's what we'd be interested in with average. So this is where average breaks down. And that's what I want to cover today, where average breaks down and how categories can help us overcome the problems that show up with average. You and your categories. <laughs> yeah, I, I do love categories, but this whole episode is going to be about what are appropriate categories for something. The first one is gender, a, a, a useful category that we might want to a- apply in different situations. And when is it useful? I, I don't think we'll be able to solve that whole question today. Do you think we should do a whole episode on gender later in the future? <sighs> That's my thoughts on the possibility of talking about gender. Oh, okay. Well, I, I think it could be a useful talk later. I, I don't think we'll settle it in this conversation, but I, I want to lay down the kind of... I don't think it can ever be settled. Well, I want to lay down the tools that we would use in a conversation where if we want to say, well, what categories are appropriate to separate people or any group of things into? And and is gender like ever a useful category or is, is race ever a useful category? Can these, can these I, I'm not saying I'm going to answer these questions on the podcast, but I want to I want to say we're going to lay down the tools that would be very useful in these kinds of discussions. I mean, there, there's plenty of categories just to pick arbitrary ones. We, we could say, why is the drinking age 21? We, we wanted to separate the different groups of people that can drink and can't drink. And why is it just at that particular age? Why is that a useful category? Or, or is that a useful ca- category? Or is it completely arbitrary? Well, what does this have to do with averages? Well, averages break down if, if we incorrectly group categories. So I, I want to start with a few definitions. What is average? And then what is a few other topics that we want to we, we want to get into? And then and then we'll get into applying those topics. So for, first, we'll go into what is average. So uh, do, do you understand average? Or- I mean, I guess I have the average understanding of what average is. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. So so average is just you when you add up all of the particular things co- and then you divide by the number of things. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's that's the perfect way to put it. So when we talk about like the average global temperature or or we talk about the 
mean income of, of a group of people or, or if we talk about the average density of a material, it's useful to describe the bulk properties of a group. So I, I wanted to... You- yes, this, these are the things that we learn in, in fourth grade. I remember it distinctly because we had mean, median, and mode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We're going to go into And those. the way that I remembered mode was because my teacher said that it rhymes with commode. <laughs> and we use commodes a lot. Yeah, yeah. And I, I was reading some things online that describe these. P- people don't give a lot of useful examples of each of the categories. And more importantly, people don't give explanations of why you would want to use one as opposed to the other. I, I actually couldn't find a really good explanation anywhere. I, I didn't search incredibly hard, but I was surprised that it, it didn't even like show up on Wikipedia. Like why you would want to use mean, median, and mode. Why would you want to use those different things in the first place? Like what's the difference and, and why would you prefer one over the other. So uh, just starting with mean, like you said, mean is add up all the numbers and divide by the, the number of numbers. You, you add up all the things and then divide by the number of things. Yes. Yeah. That, that's a better way to put it. De- definitely. So uh, yeah, it, just to use an example, if, if you, uh, have you ever ordered food for a group event, so, something like that? Yeah. 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 I, I do the same thing. So let, let's say if you wanted to order enough cupcakes for a hundred people, and there's a, so there's a hundred people. You order two hundred cupcakes, and all the cupcakes are gone. So that was and it, that everyone's happy with the amount of cupcakes they got. So everybody had two. Yep. Yeah. Or it could be that everyone had two. It could also be that ninety nine people had one, and one guy had a hundred and one. That'd be me. <laughs> yeah. Or, or that you know you could have many other combinations. It could be fifty percent had one and fifty percent had three. But the the main point being, it doesn't really matter if you want if if someone says the next day, okay, now we're gonna have two hundred people come in. How, how many would you order for the next day? Oh gosh. So two hundred cupcakes fed a hundred people, and on this day uh, there's gonna be two hundred people. So the number of people doubled. So you would just well, I, I guess you just double the the number of cupcakes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so th- this is where mean is useful when you're talking about bulk properties or just overall what 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 are the properties? If you were gonna double your business size, or if you just want to double the amount of employees, and they're all of the same type pretty much, and, and you want to say how much more am I gonna have to pay these employees? You would just double however much. You initially had, or if you were going to raise it by like fifty percent, you would just add another fifty percent to to your group. So that's where it's useful. Before I yell too much about how horrible averages, I, I want to say that it is useful for these bulk properties. You may be the only person who I've ever met who has an emotional reaction to <laughs> the concept of average. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, th- this shows up a lot in media and whatnot, right? They just kind of present average as as if it's representative, but it's not necessarily representative of what's going on in the group. It, like with the cupcake example, you could even say, well, 99 people have no cupcakes and then one guy just takes 200 cupcakes. So like your initial impulse was to say, well, everyone had two cupcakes. Yeah, yeah. Well, your initial impulse was to say that everyone had two cupcakes, but that's not necessarily true, right? There can be these extremes that kind of pull the mean in one direction or the other. And I, I just had, sure. yeah, I, I just had a, and uh, you ever have this discussion where people say, well, your body renews itself every seven years, or uh, and the average cell renews it, uh, dies and is refreshed every seven years. So you have a completely new body every seven years. I wish I had a new body every seven years. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I guess if I looked at my body seven years ago and then look at my body now, it uh, <laughs> 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 it's definitely well, it's different. Different. It's different, right? <laughs> I was going to say I I remember an example of this. I can't remember. Where I heard it, I think it was a psychology professor or something talking about this kind of thing as it relates to psychological research. Hmm. And the example that she gave was 
a super long time ago, you know, so long ago that we can't really get scientific data on it when people were guessing lifespan or, Mm -hmm. you know, average age people die. Mm -hmm. It was kind of young. I don't know, like 30s, Mm -hmm. something like that. Okay. But that was because the infant mortality rate was so high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you were a child who grew up, your likelihood of being very old Mm -hmm. was good because if you can survive, you know, a certain amount of years, you're probably going to be super old. But because so many babies died, it made the average lifespan kind of low. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You could do a a really general this is approach me that. feeling very smart <laughs> yeah yeah that, that's a great example of this because then you want to say well what categories do i want to do i want to separate people under one and people over one and then then you could get a, and people over one is kind of what you want to use for well how long can i expect to live and that would be more representative than just taking the just the blunt average so that would be an important way to categorize these two different well groups. do you think the blunt average is more appropriate now just because infant mortality i mean it's still a huge thing Mm -hmm. Uh, even in america and other developed countries but i mean i'm guessing it's just not as big of a factor as it it was you know Mm -hmm. yeah i mean it's more appropriate but if if your question is how long am i going to live in particular the average is always gonna because it's just a single number it's gonna you're always missing something that could be represented better so i mean even better than just taking off everyone below the age of one would is looking at at your particular age, what's the average life expectancy? And th- those things are called actua- actuarial tables. So if you can look at your particular age. tables. <laughs> well, you can look at your particular age, and then it will just tell you how much longer you probably have to live. So when you're really... What was it called again? A- actuarial tables. Actuarial. Actuarial move on yeah so <laughs> so what i was talking about with the cells was that people often have this idea it, it, because you're on average your cells die every seven years that that means that on average you you have a whole new body every seven years but that that that's not true at all there are certain cells uh, certain cortical cells that last pretty much throughout the entirety of your life but when you take the whole average yeah everything dies every seven years but it's not representative of what an individual cell will do necessarily it's not a representative of say what a certain brain cells will, will do necessarily I exfoliate my face every night. I have a whole new face in the morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you definitely have new cells off of there. I, I don't know what a, a exfoliation does completely. So I, I want to go to the next next category to talk about what might be a better. Wait, so, what was the first category? The mean, or some people call it average colloquially, but oh. yeah. So, okay. Yeah, okay, but you, gotcha. you know, it's just called the mean, which is the term that we learned. And the mean is good for bulk properties, but if there's these extremes, like with the cell example, if there are things that last a whole lifetime, that's kind of pulling the whole average up. And we, and if we want to know on average what what cells are doing in general, then we need some kind of other representation for. Oh, like like um. Income. Yeah. So we don't. Yeah. Yeah. We don't yeah. Take In- income was my next example. Average. Yeah. Income. Yeah. 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 Fucking rich people. <laughs> so income is a good example because there are these large extremes that kind of distort what what we what we would expect the average to be representing, just like intuitively. So if we take, I guess, if we took the average, it would be like the average would be like a million dollars or something. No, no, no. If you take the average income, it's about seventy five thousand dollars, which is oh, high. Really? Even with all the mega mega rich people that that is with that i i got that information from wikipedia i think so the uh, the mean income is seventy five thousand dollars but that isn't representative of what the average person is doing 
I wish I had $75,000. <laughs> yeah, so the next way to look look at this is the median, which is just is picking a number where 50% of the people have greater income than the median and 50% of the people have lower income than the right. median. And when, when you do that for the standard U.S. income, it, it comes to $50,000, which is more representative of what the average individual or mm. how, how well the country is doing as far on the individual level. So if you want to compare different countries and say how well individuals are doing economically, median is a pretty good indicator. Uh, so you compare like uh, America's median income and then you compare like Greece's median income and in, uh, I believe America's is higher. So like you could say the average American is doing better economically than the average person in, in Greece. I guess my my whole view on average income is biased because it's, I I can't look at it without thinking about my own experience and how much money I make and have made and hopefully will make in the future, which I think is mostly dependent on my age and how much money I make and my peers make, mm-hmm. which is lower than fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This I believe this is have my money. I believe this is household income. I I should I should double check that. But so sometimes it can include two people. Yeah, that or, makes more sense. Yes, yeah. multiple. So, yeah, the the median is useful for dividing. It it at least gives you two categories. It says 50%. The 50% is somewhat arbitrary. It's like, why not 49%? Or or like when we talk about the 1%, why are they a separate category? But uh, this this kind of percentile division of different groups, it's at least more representative of what's going on on the individual level. Sure. But there is a problem. Oh, no. Of course there is. Do you remember the initial? Ah, Do you remember the initial question, Simone? What was the initial? Oh, yes. How many testicles does everyone on the planet have? Per person. Per person. Oh, okay. How many testicles per person? Okay. The original answer was one, which is not representative of most individuals. Most individuals don't. Sure. Yeah. And then, Correct. And then the, but the median number of testicles would be. Okay. 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 Let me figure this out. Let me, let me, let me talk myself through it. Okay. All right. So we're going to say that 50% above this number have two 50% below this number have zero. Oh god damn it it's still one yeah uh <sighs> yeah actually, actually when me I, up Tom yeah yeah it's okay. still one or uh, some median calculators that I was putting this into it came to to zero because there are there are more women in on the planet than men so it's either zero or one, but the, the main point. Yeah, but I think we're talking more yeah, colloquially. Yeah, one seems more in, intuitive to me. But the, you know, the main point being that this doesn't represent the groups. Like, even if it was zero, you you wouldn't say to an, an alien coming down, "Oh, people don't mind being kicked in the crotch." Almost, almost no one has has testicles. So that, well, yeah. I'm pretty sure that people who don't have testicles still don't like being kicked in the crotch. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, <laughs> they don't mind as much. Or. Have you tested this theory? <laughs> no, no. It, this needs to be proved empirically, Thomas. Mm, nah, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, I, I wanted to say real quick that the me- median does cancel out the extremes, though, just to sum up median. So if we had, if we did have that person who was taking 101 cupcakes, the, the median would mm-hmm. still be one cupcake per person. Okay, yes. So I guess when there's no extremes, when the extremes are zero and two... Mm-hmm. Well, no, no, Median no. doesn't work. No, no, those aren't the extremes. Those are just the majority of the values. In the- I mean, why wouldn't those be extremes? It's the bottom and then it's the top. Uh, yeah, in, in some sense, they're... <laughs> Sorry. In some, yes, in, in, some, <laughs> in some sense, they're, they're the extremes. Uh, my, my, my main point was just being that when 
we're talking about, say, the, the cupcake example. It's like the extreme would be the person taking 101, which yeah, kind of throws yeah, off the average. Yeah. Just one person like really significantly changes the average. But but if you wanted to say, how could I make most people happy without spending too much money? You would just say, well, most people get one cupcake. And then you could just give people one cupcake. And then that one person would be unhappy. But Okay, it, it would... so is there an answer to the testicle question? Yes, yeah. That's the next component of this. You remember mode, right? Yeah, commode, mode, because you use it a lot. It's the, the number in a series that appears most frequently. Yeah, yeah. It's very similar to the, the maximum values in, in a group. So there's this way of approaching a statistical set of data when we talk about multimodal systems. So, so when there's many modes oh. or when there's many maximum values, we can say it's multimodal. Had... What, what are you, t- I don't, you lost me. You lost okay. me. So I'll just go back to the cupcakes real quick. And... Uh, see how they're doing and so if we have 50 percent of people get one cupcake mm-hmm. what, what flavor are these cupcakes just to add some more texture red velvet okay go ahead and 50 percent ha- take three cupcakes mm-hmm. then the average is two the the median is two and the modes are one and three because m- if you were going to say, well, what are most people, how, how many cupcakes are most people getting? You would say, well, most people either either get one or three cupcakes. So it, it would be a multimodal system because there's, there's these two maximum com- mm-hmm. components. That, yeah, mo- most people are either getting one or three. So if you wanted to go to certain demographics of the cupcake buyers, you would say, we could give a, a deal for buy two, get one, th- one free. And that, that, would, that would apply to a lot of people. Or, or 50% off one cupcake would also apply to a good amount of people. And if we apply this to the testicle example there are 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 two modes zero and two exactly so those are just the two numbers we pull out of the statistical set and we summarize the entire set by just saying most people either have zero or two testicles yeah yeah so so this is a great way to analyze different categories of of things so we we can set this is a way to separate things into different categories Wait, even wait, it but it is itself a category, so you're separating categories with a category. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 Oh my gosh, this is uh, <laughs> Well, it's impossible though. This is inception. Yeah, well, I mean, it's impossible. Thomas, this is categories inside of categories. Inside. Well, I mean, it's impossible to completely pull yourself up by your boots bootstrap. But I mean, if you agree somewhat that things can be separated into categories at all, then I mean, this is a, a useful useful method for doing it. So, you know, the traditional example of this is when we look at the height distribution of people we, we see that the average height is five foot seven but if we look at the distribution of heights then there's a peak at five four and there's a peak at five ten and there's not too there's not that many people at at around five seven most people are either at five four or five ten and these are males and females so this would be called a, a, a bimodal system, and, and it has these two peaks. And if we wanted to look at it with multimodal analysis, we would just say most people are either five foot four or five foot ten. How tall are you, Thomas? Oh, I'm five foot seven, actually. So I'm. I'm, I'm... Oh, this really is inception. I, I don't bring personal. We're really deep the... right now. <laughs> yeah. How, how tall are you? You're five five. I'm five four. five four. Oh, you're five four. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm right on that mode. <laughs> Yeah, so we could see that there there's these categories within height that we we might consider separating depending on how how well they're separated because the distribution of them kind of looks it look it looks like a, a two humped camel you can think of it like have you ever seen pictures of this? 
of a two hump camel. Yeah, and it's weird and it creeps me out. Actually, I one of my coworkers, neighbor, her, her neighbor has camels, and she showed me a picture of them, and I had no idea they were that big. It was like twice the size of a full size SUV. Mm. Yeah, yeah, they are. But yeah, yeah, I, I get, I get what you're saying. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that that's Ugh. so when there's bimodal camels. distribution, we we see depending on how strong the separation is between the two groups, there might be a really good justification for creating a category between the two groups so maybe maybe height's not the best example because there is a lot of overlap between the two so it might be hard to disentangle them but you you do reliably see these two peaks here's another example of the bimodal distribution the person was a, a math teacher and she just posted on her blog someone was asking for bimodal distribution and and she she put on her amazon wish list and she put the uh, amazon wish list of her books and they showed a bimodal distribution with a peak at $10 and a peak at $20 or around $20. Can you guess why there might be two these two categories of books? Oh, well, I, I guess the paperback ones were 10 and the hardcover was 20. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's really good. Yeah. Uh, they. I'm so smart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that, that's the exact thing. Uh, <laughs> so yeah the point being that if we see these distributions we might be able to understand what the underlying categories are just or we might be able to give an underlying category for these types of systems do you prefer hardback or paperback paperback i guess because it's cheaper I, I don't know do you have a preference yeah uh well i think hardback is like super sexy and it's a nice experience reading from a hardback book, but I find paperback easier because you can fold it and it's easier to carry around and it's mm-hmm. yeah. cheaper. Anyway. Yeah, I, I, I do mostly electronic reading nowadays. So. Oh, yeah, that's true. These kind of multimodal distributions where we see a, a more clear distinction between groups, it, it, it answers an important philosophical question, which is how do we categorize things? Like one, one of the traditional examples is when you look at the color spectrum, you see, you see that we've separated it into Roy Biv or red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, and violet. But there's, there's not a clear justification for why we chose that and why we didn't cut it up into eight different sections or nine different sections. And when you look at other languages, some people do separate it in, in different ways, either more or less. So it does seem really culturally contingent on, on this mm. spectrum example. So when do categories have a justification for separating them into separate groups? Okay, where where are we in the inception ladder right now oh in the, in the notes uh yeah we're, we're moving along what category are we so this is multimodal systems and or, or I, I guess i'm wrapping up multimodal systems i, I just want to say that we're never going to wake up from this I, well I, I would say that a lot of people would argue that basically all of our categories if you wanted to get really relativistic about this all of our categories are just because of the culture that we grew up in or just how our minds work and there's not a fundamental justification for why we should separate two groups. Mm. But I, I, th- I feel like every podcast, we get to this point where you say something like that. And then my response is, well, nothing matters. <laughs> like everything that I know, it's a lie. <laughs> well, and that's the end of the podcast. Yeah, Bye, I, I mean, <laughs> well, I, I think a lot of my responses are to relativism because I, I'm, I'm not a relativist. I think that there is justification for separating different groups. But I, I just want to present that side of the argument, uh, which is that everything is like the light spectrum. Why should we separate anything in, in this particular way when we could separate it another way? Uh, I guess how... A lot of people, a lot of people say that gender doesn't exist. Even people who 
are gender non-binary, like, put a lot of stock into things like pronouns and, and things like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, well, how important is that category? And also, right. where is it important? Just to take one example, if the in, in America, if we look at the average life expectancy of cats and dogs, it's about like 14 years, something along those lines. And if we look, look at that mm-hmm. average life expectancy of people, then it's about 78 years. So if someone came along and they said, well, why did you separate four-legged pets and, and people? We're, we're all mammals. Why, why don't we just put them all in the same life expectancy category and and just say well the life expectancy of all the mammals in the in that in households is 47 years old why, why don't we use that as a, as a ca- category rather than separating the two Bring because in... that would be stupid well why would that be stupid because we're not the same animals we have different bodies and diets and diseases and there's just i guess that there's too many factors that make us different for the lifespan to be similarly grouped. Yeah, yeah, definitely, and and that, that, that's what. Oh, I, yeah. oh, I'm exhausted. Yeah, yeah, that. Well, uh, I, yeah, I definitely agree with that. I, I mean, and if you wanted to do just the most most straightforward analysis of this, you would look at the two lifespans, and there would be a huge peak at 14, and there would be a huge peak around 78, and we could just say, well, it, it just looks obvious that there's these two very separate categories in this group, cats, dogs, humans. So it'd be like, well, it's obvious even just from a first analysis of the average life expectancy distribution that there are these two categories underlying it. The thing is that we don't always know what the categories are before we uh, before we start to look at the uh, look at the distribution of elements. So just one example is that Ma- Malcolm Gladwell has this really good talk. Uh, do you know him, Malcolm Gladwell? No. Oh, he's a, he's this like economist, psychologist, and he has this really good talk about pasta sauces. And there was a time where they would test everyone's favorite flavors. So it, just take spiciness for an, an example. They would test how much uh, pepper people liked in their pasta sauce or, or you know, mm-hmm. red pepper or, or whatnot. And, and then they would just average everyone's taste together and they would have one pasta sauce at the end. And they would say, this is the perfect pasta sauce because it's that, the average of everyone's taste. And then, then they would sell that as the, you know. And then no one would like it. Exactly, because the average is not necessarily representative of... Yeah, so what they did was they looked at the data. Oh, I see where you're going with this. Uh, I'm picking up what you're... I'm smelling what you're stepping in. Yeah. I'm guessing that things like mild salsa and hot salsa are bimodal systems. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So so it's much more... Once again, yeah. things that no one ever thinks about. <laughs> well, he has a really good talk. Uh, people, should, people should look it up. But uh, yeah, so my point was just that, yes, they have a bimodal distribution and you make a lot more money if you sell at the peaks rather than selling at, at just what the average is. Yeah. It, yeah, it works for a lot of different things like, like a chunkiness and a few other things like that like smooth and chunky peanut butter smooth and chunky yeah i I believe that works in it but nowadays when you go to the grocery store you see a huge diversity of all the different flavors and and you or i don't know about you but when i go there i always get a certain certain kinds you know because they're they're to my particular taste you know what i don't think i cannot remember the last time i saw medium salsa at the store because I'm a person who would buy the medium because I like spicy but not too spicy so I usually get the mild because I like mild I I dislike super hot Mm -hmm. more than I dislike no spicy at all Mm -hmm. so I usually get the mild but I would prefer a medium but I can never find it anymore Mm -hmm. but I remember seeing it when I was a kid I don't know Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, yeah. But this just shows that the that there's the justification for saying, well, there's mild there's mild pasta sauce and there's spicy pasta sauce, and that that's a good reason to have a separation between the two and to talk about these two particular categories. So that that's how you build. That's how, or this is one way that you can start building up categories rather than just saying, well, it, it's a huge spectrum and there's so many there's a infinite diversity. I mean, there isn't an infinite diversity of spiciness, right? You could add just a, you know one more flake of red pepper into, into the pasta sauce, but we want to talk about the more interesting areas the the part where there are there are like large majorities of people in in at a certain level of, of these categories or, or not just people whatever we're talking about so i wanted to just sum up this category and just say that the multimodal analysis is is useful for finding out where most people are in a group or okay yeah. yes uh, sure but, i mean it's, it's not good for bulk properties like i was saying it, the the average is still useful for bulk properties and the the median is useful for boiling what an entire group's doing down to one number like the the median income or the the median sure, sure. median cost of a certain uh, of, of apartments in new york it, it's good it's it just boils down to a single number that's easier to digest yeah yeah because yeah. i mean it's impossible to digest the in, entire population of of a group. So now, now I want to move on to where people misapply these things. So we have kind of the description of, of these topics. And now I want to go into prescription of how we should be using the topics. And, and I think the best way to do that is to see where people misapply averages and they get it mixed up with what, what uh, modes are and what medians are. And I have a news clip. Do you have it loaded up? Oh, yes. Okay. Uh, so clip, yeah, you can, but I, you can play it right now. I have not watched it. Okay, I'm interested in your so thought. It's then, just about 40 seconds of it. It'll probably make you mad. You've said if we're that talking before. about 50% of the population, generally out of this 250 million people or, or 150 million people, most women are happier at home. They are pretending that they like working and they're not making money because they don't stay all night at the office. They don't go the extra mile. Why they don't work all here? weekend. You're I'm making a mistake. Here. You would be much happier at home with a husband and children. Oh, boy. Oh, I mean, boy. I'm, I'm literally oh. You just said you're single. Oh. You don't have a boyfriend. You're what, That's you're my celibate? choice. Yeah, look, you're miserable. You would be so much happier with oh. kids around you tonight. <laughs> Imagine coming home. Mommy's home. So do you, do you see what he, he was presenting there? He was presenting himself as a buffoon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, made a, that clip made a lot of people angry, understandably. <sighs> but the point I wanted to get to here was that it, it could be possible that a greater percentage of women are happier being a stay-at-home parent than than men would be at, at being a stay-at-home parent, or less of a percentage of women in, enjoy being in the work workforce or whatnot. I I don't know. I feel yeah, like I'm not sure. Exactly. The only reason men, quote unquote, don't like being at home is because the way they're perceived. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like a lot of men just don't want to admit that they want to be at home with their kids. <laughs> yeah, I think that at work yeah, or something. Yeah, I, I'm not I have taken a strong stance on that right now. I just want to say, look, look, even if we give that to him, that a greater percentage of women are happier at home or as housewives. I don't think or... we should give that to him, but well, fine, well, okay, we'll yeah. do it for the sake of this. <laughs> yeah. Thing the point the point being happening right now you can't draw from the average of what people are doing down to the individual level which is what he was just blatantly doing there he was saying uh, right. because the average is is skewed this way it's not it's not 100% it's not that 100% of women are happier at home it's like i don't know uh, whatever the if you say like 60% of women compared to like 50% of men would be happier at home or something then the average is skewed that way therefore you 
are that way. But th- that <laughs> isn't true at all. And, and that, that's what I've been trying to get to with these averages that I've been talking about, that the averages aren't necessarily representative of the individual. And you, you can't predict what an individual is doing just from the average. The, does that make sense? Does that kind of tie it into the, the topic? Yes. Yeah. So th- that's just a complete misrepresentation of how to use average so that that's that's where it breaks down i I, another example what a gross human (laughs) i know yeah he's uh one of the more annoying people online Uh, it's kind of confusing because i'm not exactly sure if he is trolling like like it was saying he he might just be faking all of this i don't know some people claim well i mean that's why she was like you're not funny i feel like she wasn't believe he was so ridiculous that you can't even believe what he's saying so he must be trying to be funny it's possible i i don't know it's kind of hard to dig through so maybe who... he is just really are people that dumb like i don't yeah it's good you ever hear of poe's law no it's that... of, co- of course i have everyone has it's an, it's, an <laughs> it's an internet it's an internet rule it's it's that there are our beliefs that are so crazy that they can't be distinguished from parody of those beliefs so if, if oh someone, okay yeah, yeah it's like so some people didn't even know stephen colbert was a parody because they actually believe something very similar to what he believed mm. yeah so the, the point being with gavin mcginnis he was drawing from the average to what the individual is doing and that is not necessarily represented i mean there, there, uh, sure. if we go with the multimodal analysis there, there could be multiple peaks there are women that are very happy at home but then maybe there are women who are very happy in the office and i, I believe that's how the statistics break down i mean i i think it's it's different for men and women so there are differences but that doesn't mean that you can say well all women should be this way or all women should be that way i would just take another easy easy example if we separated men and women and then looked at and then looked at their sexual preferences like men Men would be much more attracted to women on average, and women would be much more attracted to men on average. But then there are multiple peaks in that because there are men who are attracted to men and there are women who are attracted to women. And those are important, non-negligible groups when we're considering what's going on in the population. Oh, you know where I, I also see this a lot? When people are talking about how, how to look at income or pretty much every, any statistics that I see, it's like, well, who are you voting for president or, or whatnot? It always the, One of the categories they always use is race and that's always been strange to me it's like we're bringing the category of race to the statistics it's not like it's naturally coming out of the statistics it's like if you wanted to say well who are mexican americans voting for as compared to like white americans it's like it's never as clear-cut as well 100 percent of mexicans are mexican americans are voting this way and 100 percent of white americans are voting this way and it's completely different so it's never like a clear-cut category difference there there i mean there are slight differences in when you look at the oh, oh, i think there are patterns to that yeah, I mean, yeah. minorities typically vote for parties that <laughs> typically have minority issues at the forefront of their campaigns or whatever mm-hmm. I, i'm just saying we're bringing those categories to the statistics they're not it's not that they naturally fell out and we saw oh this is so easily separable so i i could think of better categories i mean i feel like if you looked at different races to see who they voted for i think some things would fall out I'm pretty sure most black people vote Democrat. Yeah, Democratic. Yeah. No. Democrat. I'm uh-huh. going to, that's how I'm going to pronounce Democrat from now on. Yeah. yeah. Democrat. Uh-huh. I, don't I don't think that happened uh-huh. because we said it happened. I think it happened because it does happen. Okay. But if you take height as an example, it would be like saying, well, 
Well, uh, I don't know if that's Yeah, but there's it's no, that, you know, socionomical issues associated with height, typically, like races. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm just saying there there are white people who vote Democrat, and there are black people who vote a lot more conservative than, than other people. I, I'm just saying it, they're not they're not necessarily the ideal categories we want to look at when we're looking at these demographics. I bet if I, I, bet, I, bet if I said people who watch Netflix, I bet that that's a way more skewed, like, Democrat, just because you need to be more, like, internet savvy, uh, savvy to do, you know, uh, to watch that. Or people that... Are you saying that... Rep- Republicans aren't internet savvy. Uh, more conservative people tend to be less internet savvy. They they tend to like skew to older ages. Yeah, I mean age is a, age can be a fairly strong predictor of, of voting demographics. I, I think it's stronger than sure. Race. Uh, my, my my point being that we bring these categories. I, I, think, I think it's arguable. Okay, okay. I, I'm just saying we bring a lot of categories, and it's like, are these the best categories that we want to divide people up up into? That, that that's all, all all that I was saying about about the okay. topic. Yeah, and it's they're not always necessarily the best categories. I, I yeah, I, I guess have, this one. Okay, yeah. Go ahead. I have a question. I have a question. Yeah, okay. go ahead. We're gonna see how this applies. I don't think you would do this because you're a nice person, but I would do this if I'm with a friend. So we would be, I don't know, let brunch or something, sitting. Out at a cafe on the sidewalk, someone walks by and we judge their attractiveness because that's just what we do. Okay. And then we talk about it amongst ourselves. Like, oh, he's cute. Oh, he's not cute. Wolf. And, or woof. Because <laughs> those are different. Uh-huh. So how do you think attractiveness falls into these categories? So if you if you saw someone on Tinder and in your mind you said, oh, they, they, look, they look average. How do you come up with what is average attractiveness? And I feel like there has to be some sort of cohesive agreement among everybody. Because if you ask, if you show a picture of a super attractive person to someone, they're pretty much always going to say, yeah, that's a super attractive person. Mm -hmm. And if you show someone who is maybe not so attractive, even if they begrudgingly admit it, they'll say, yeah, they're not that attractive. Mm -hmm. But then if you show somebody in between that, how do you determine what the average attractiveness is? Well, you could average together a bunch of people's preference for that. I mean, OK Cupid does some analysis on that and presents mm. it on their blog, OK Trends. OK, see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they present a lot of this information on on their one of their blogs called OK, OK Trends. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they they analyze it, and I mean, yeah, they get kind of a this normal distribution of things. Like you know how IQ is distributed, so it's pretty even. It's it's just like a hill, so it'd be like a one a one hump camel. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, uh, what I was going to ask is, do you think do you think most people are quote unquote average, or do you think most people are not attractive, and then most people are attractive? Do you think it's bimodal or just one a one hump? I, I believe their results show that it, it's like a, a hump, so it, it's fairly uniformly distributed. There, there's some kind of peak. The, the peak is not at five, and there there aren't extremes at like one. The, I mean, there's not an extreme at one. The peak's somewhere at like six. Or, I, I forget exactly what it is, but most people rank a little high. <laughs> or if I remember correctly. Oh, correct, that's, that's, that's nice to hear. Uh, wait, this might be complicated more. I think women actually rank men low. And then men rank women higher, if I remember correctly. But I, I don't remember exactly. It was something along those lines. We, we can read that and maybe cover it a little on a future episode. But sure. yeah, there, there are women some Women can be more picky and men just, they just want to put their dick in something. No. Uh, well, wait, women should be more picky? No, there are no, very women picky. Can, can be more picky. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, well, well, maybe we'll look into that. Yeah. When I was on Okahipit, I was getting, you know, hundreds of messages a week. And I never messaged anybody who didn't message me first. Mm-hmm. So I... I had to be picky. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess 
But, but we're would, talking about. I, I would say that women have to be picky. But, but we're talking about like ranking someone's attractiveness, though. We're not saying about. Oh like, yeah, I mean yeah. that come that comes into it. Attractiveness certainly comes into it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I believe that that one is a normal distribution. So if you just said what's mm-hmm. the average attractiveness that people rank, and and then the average would be representative, and the median would be representative, you wouldn't really need modal analysis for for it, and you could just kind of figure out what what the average person is just from just. What from the about? Well, we talked about testicles, so I don't think this is a far stretch. What about penis length? They've done a lot of analysis on that. I believe five inches is the average, and then I, I mean it's Gaussian, it's, uh, so it's it's a normal distribution. It's it's like IQ also. Mm, okay. Yeah, there, there aren't extremes necessarily. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I feel like in my personal experience, it's certainly bimodal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. It, interesting. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I believe that when. In, in the very like strict trials where they, they find fairly consistent distribution with that. That, that. That's another study where they also brought race into it. And I was like, I, why did they, I, I just don't get it. <laughs> it's just like, they just throw race into like every, every you know, study that, that they do. I, it, I guess it's an easy thing to throw into the statistics, but it, it just, it's like, you're bringing that category to it. you like with your own assumptions. Anyway. Because so. everybody wants to know. Yeah. I, I guess a lot of people do. I don't know. I don't know. It just seems weird to me to like always see that as a category of importance when it's not, it's not necessarily a category of importance. I don't see why we always need to separate it out. Race is an important category. I didn't say that. I said it's not always in... Like, if we're talking about the average IQ, we don't need to separate it into men and women. And, and so it's like... Sure. Yeah, because that wouldn't be a, a meaningful distinction. It would just be like, oh, okay, they're both about 100, you know, the average. So then and then it's like... Yeah, oh. but, but saying... But putting race over IQ takes into account availability of education, socioeconomical status, all I'm that saying, kind of stuff. I'm saying with things in general, you don't need to always bring in... You don't need to bring in every category. You need to like uh, parse out which categories you want to bring to to whatever you're trying to measure. So, sure. So, okay. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, here, here's another one where I feel like the bimodal distribution, or we bring here is another study where I, I feel like people brought their own biases and their own categories to the system that they were studying. Have, have you heard this before that men cheat for sex and women cheat for love? Have Have you heard that aphorism? Oh, let me let me let me let me think about that. Yes, I believe it. You believe it? Okay, yeah. The, it was reported as psychology study finds this as true. And so they did some psychological experiments with this. And, and yeah, they found that on, on average, more women, they'll have love for the partner that they're having an affair with. And uh, less men will have a love for the partner that they're having an affair with. But when I dug yeah. into the... Yeah, yeah. But when I dug into the numbers, it was it said 57% of women feel love for the, part, the partner that they're having an affair with. And 27% of men feel love for the... Oh, so it's not like a clear distinction between the two groups. And you you can't just say, well, you know, it's it's hard to bring this to an advice column or whatnot. I, I, I've heard people on my Facebook being like, well, women always cheat for uh, love and men always cheat for for sex. And that that's not always that, that's not just the clearest distinction between between the two groups. I, I just want to bring that up. We're bringing the category to that. And it doesn't like naturally completely fall out of of the data. I mean, there might be these two peaks, but your gender doesn't just like deterministically tell you if, if you cheat, if you'll cheat for love or, or, or sex. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I, I'm just saying it's not a hundred percent chance. Or, or, yeah. or maybe you're just, you just, that's, you're just finding what you want to see, Thomas. What, what do you mean? Uh, um, like, like maybe you want to think that men don't cheat just for sex. <laughs> 
I, I just brought up the numbers. I said 27% okay, of it. Okay, yeah, so okay. I, 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 all, that I can, I know all that I can bring is the psychological data if I'm talking about general principles, like the, the anecdotes or whatnot. You can't say that you don't have an actual opinion on the matter, though. I'm saying that if someone tells me my wife cheated on me, uh, do you think that she's in love with the guy? I, ca- I can't just say with 100% certainty that she te- she's in love with the guy. She might have just cheated for sex. Or And on the alternative, it's like, well, a guy cheated on me. Is he in love with them? I can't just say, no, it's always sex with guys. Uh, that like It could be that he actually is in love with the person. That, that's all that I'm saying. It's not like, it's not like a complete category difference between yeah, males but and females I, and why but they cheat. According to the numbers you said, it's more, much, I would, I mean, it's like 25% more likely well, it's like that... two, yeah, two times so about something around that. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. But it's it's intellectually dishonest to just talk about them as if they're the, it's it's as clear as day. You can't just say, eh, yeah, men cheat for sex and women cheat for romance. No, like that that that's just being intellectually dishonest by simplifying it so much. Intellectually dishonest. I would say so. <laughs> okay, moving on. Yes, so I feel like the multimodal analysis and the averages and now we have a background to discuss i want to wrap up in a little bit uh we're, we're coming in, in i was gonna hour. say are you are you kidding me that was all background no well what, what i'm saying go, where are we going with this thomas I, I just going? wanted to say when when we want to talk about those more complicated discussions like gender i think will be an important one i, I think that maybe we will do a whole episode on that uh, possibly to try to distinguish well how important is this category? Where is this category important? How is it important? And how strong is the correlation between other variables? I, I hope that this episode g- gives some idea of how we want to talk about the different variables involved with when when we're bringing our own categories to something. Just because something is in our language doesn't mean that it, it is a useful category. I mean, it, it's often an indicator that it is. If we want to talk about, you ever hear of the big five psychological personality test? Yeah, and then you you uh, you get a letter for each one, and yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like I always forget mine. I feel like it's different every time. Yeah, so I mean, it was very difficult to uh, to try to nail down why these five, and why not six, and why not two, or why not two, or like what are the important differences between people? And the way you find that is by finding wh- where things are uncorrelated, and how, how we can find we we can boil down the variance between people to these specific qualities, and the way that you would determine something like that is is talking about where the modes are and, and, and all of that. So I, I just wanted to give a background for how you would start discussions of this type. When, when we want to create categories, we need to get rid of our preconceived notions and, and see if those categories come back at us. Yeah, so we predict a category and then we see if they come out of the data. Um, I feel like that's a very complex way of saying, think about whether or not the average makes sense for what you're trying to say. Well, or the think point... about whether or not median makes more sense or think about... Well, the point being, when, when you take an average, you're assuming that the population that you took is somehow related. Like I, like I brought up with the, the dogs and people, they're not related, like, like you were saying. So we need to say, well, what kind of population do we want from this group? And the way we can separate out different populations is um, by modal distribution and, and see if there are different peaks in that. I mean, it's easy with the, the dogs, cats, and people. Like, obviously, dogs and cats are a lot different than people. But when we don't know that something is going to have some highly divergent categories, like the, with the pasta sauce, then we look at the data and we see the distribution. And then we can see what, what the average is in each of the individual groups with the spicy and the mild sauce. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we first need to analyze if there are different categories, and then we can separate out the categories and see if the categories make sense. Or or maybe we we did separate things into two categories, and they're actually the same thing, and we should put them back together. And then the other side of it is that sometimes we separate things into two categories, and then we should unify them. Uh, like, uh, it's, it was traditionally looked at as male and female intelligence are very different things. But n- now we see that, just to take IQ as an example, males and females have very similar IQs, and it, 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 it's contrived to separate them into two different groups. They should be pretty much the, the same group when we're analyzing like a general population, that there's no strong reason to separate the two groups. So yeah, that's the conclusion, just that average is very useful, but you need to be aware of what the group in the population you're studying is. And if there are these strong peaks or there are two different categories, then you need to separate them and then bring them back together. If you were bringing your categories to the group, to the group, and they weren't actually as useful as you might think, you know, uh, yeah. reflect, uh, reflect on your categories. Oh, uh, okay. okay. I see the light at the end of this tunnel. Yeah. Uh, so we'll be doing a lot. That's the end of the episode. We'll be doing a lot more uh, of these topics and we'll have some guests later on. We're, we're going to talk about just uh, a few teasers for different episodes. We're going to talk about souls with, with one of our guests. We're going to talk about morality with another guest and we'd love to hear anyone's feedback so that's our second episode what did you think i'd say it's about average you can give your own feedback at our gmail the surplus population at gmail.com we also have a twitter sur- at surplus pop remember to review us on itunes and check out all of our social media and show notes in this in the description if you want to hear me on a completely different show i was just on genuinely good conversation They don't plan out anything, so it's more like an improv-type conversation. Uh, And it was was a lot of fun. I'll leave the link in the description as well. And the episode is called No Thanksgiving, if you want to look it up. I'd like to end the episode with a small clip from the Gladwell TED Talk I brought up. So here's a small taste, but watch the whole video. It's really good. Gladwell is a master storyteller. So here you go. Ten small bowls of pasta with a different spaghetti sauce on each one. And after they ate each bowl, they were had to rate from zero to 100 how good they thought the spaghetti sauce was. At the end of that process, after doing it for months and months, he had a mountain of data about how the American people feel about spaghetti sauce. And then he analyzed the data. Now, did he look for the most popular brand variety of spaghetti sauce? No. Howard doesn't believe that there is such a thing. Instead, he looked at the data and he said, let's see if we can group these different, all these different data points into clusters. Let's see if they congregate around certain ideas. And sure enough, if you sit down and you analyze these, all this data on spaghetti sauce, you realize that all Americans fall into one of three groups. <laughs>